You're listening to Carmina's Cantata, where we'll be exploring the relationship between music and spoken word through a series of interviews with poets who have worked with music in a variety of different ways. My name is Carmina Masolova, poet, wannabe riot girl pop star and music lover, currently learning the ukulele and music production as part of the Arts Council's Developing Your Creative Practice Grants. This episode I'm joined by Chris Redmond. Chris is a writer, performer and musician whose work often focuses on cross-media collaboration. A regular at UK music and literature festivals, he has performed on BBC Radio 1, BBC Radio 4, Sky Arts, BBC Scotland's Culture Show and Scroobius Pip's XFM show, The Beatdown. Chris is the creator and host of Tung Fu, where poets, comedians and storytellers perform with improvised music and films. In 2016, he toured Animal, Are You a Proper Person? A spoken word musical comedy co-written with poet Anna Freeman and the Tung Fu Band, developed with support from Bristol Old Vic's Ferment and Arts Council England. His book, Let the Pig Out, is published by Burning Eye Books. I read myself to sleep, phone apocalypse, late night, blue light, newsfeed for scripture. It's hard to rest when everything you read tells you the ship is listening. There's springing leaks when the captain and the crew aren't listening. Smiling while fighting, teeth the colour of ambition. Now even in my dreams I'm rescuing children from floods, liars. Turn the ship please, around. Please, please turn, turn the ship, the ship around. around. Does anyone else even know how to steer please, it? Come on, come on, come on, someone. Gold yachts, poison plots, treasure chest beaters, clean suits and arms dealer dinners, oil, aftershave, families torn like cheap meat, rebels and rubble, power in a bubble, cliches littered like dog turds, strobe light news cycle, squandered blood. Auction hopes, sinking boats, hymns, songs for the dead, prayers, headlines, hymns, fires, footballers, celebrities in the jungle, gossip on the blind side. If you blink and cover your ears, you'll miss the bodies like flotsam, drowning and burning, falling and running. I mean, the seas rising to meet us, the clocks running down and fuck passing. Lack like a lock and key, the clocks running down. Cleavage like a lock and key, the clocks running down. And hymns and you speed and you speak the clocks running down. And in the dream, the creature comes to me. She has the body of a griffin. Heart of the blackest ocean, voice of Nina Simone. She crushes my phone with her piano key talent. Hey, hey, I say, hey, but the ship, what do you do? the ship is sinking, and that was my window. Come on, that's mine, please, give it back. She says, windows are only as good as the view they're from. What? I say, but the clock's running down, the clock's running down, you know, newsfeed, and news. She says, imagine another ship, a different ship, tall mast, oars, sails, like a figurehead. A boat built only from breath, and the smoke 
imagine love to be. Okay. She says, breathe in, yeah. stand on the deck, listen to the warmth of the wind oh. in the canvas, the groan of masts, the clatter of rigging. Sit on one of the long benches, notice the others sitting with you. What? Oh. I look around, and everywhere, people are rowing, singing as they do. Bus drivers, nurses, poets, tight rope walkers. She says, now, row. Press the oars into your palms. Feel the weight of waves. Foam on the skin of blue belly below. And row. thank you very much for joining me today it's great to have you here it's nice to be here thank you for inviting me um so the first question that i want to ask is just to get a bit of a, a background idea um of how you got into uh poetry and music and combining those elements mm. uh okay so <laughs> where do you start with that um i think stories and music have always been a part of me since I was a kid and uh, grew up around both of those things so they were always sort of in the fabric of life and uh, I started playing the drums when I was 15 and that that was when music suddenly made sense to me I had learned other instruments and my brother's into classical music and I had sort of learned around in that world a bit but and I liked the sounds but I didn't necessarily feel like I connected with the music and then when I started playing drums and I could play along with the bands that I was into suddenly everything made sense and I became obsessive about drums and music and joined bands and spent you know the rest of my teens and my 20s just um, putting everything into music and and loving that and obsessing over it and the writing was something I did for myself um, so I didn't study English past school. Um, so my way into writing was, you know, just whatever I seemed to be exposed to. So, so the first writers that I read that it really excited me were the were the beat writers, and I was on tour with my first band, driving around Poland and Germany and reading on the road, which is obviously a bit of a cliche, but I was just struck by this language that I hadn't experienced before and how alive it was and how there was something in the spirit of it that reminded me a bit of music mm. and uh, and I just followed that path for a while I started reading more and more of those writers and and I was studying while I was studying music um at uni I also did a kind of uh, uh I can't remember what they call it like a minor study a kind of additional study in American studies because I was really interested in the culture that creates the music and then through that you sort of get exposed to the you know, I guess the the, the poetry of the um, civil rights movement in the 60s and discovering the Watts Prophets and the Last Poets and then Gil Scott Heron and, and, and then obviously that goes into a whole world of hip-hop. This was in the 90s, so hip-hop was like a super rich kind of 
body of work that you could dive into in all sorts of directions and then uh yeah it just sort of snowballed from there and the writing was really me mimicking all these poets and rappers that i was inspired by but with no intention of necessarily sharing that uh there probably was a want somewhere to do that but i had no idea how that happened because it was i didn't know poets and and um and then just going to a few gigs in London, um, going to Apples and Snakes gigs and seeing um, like a Booker, I remember seeing a, a BAC with uh, Crisis and and, the, and and Roger Robinson used to program stuff there. I remember seeing this uh, poet Mike Ladd whose music I had really been into, um, who was kind of part of this whole kind of experimental hip hop scene in America. And it just sort of started to, I started to be exposed to more live poets, poetry performances, and I saw Gil Scott Heron at the Jazz Cafe, and I saw Alan Ginsberg reading at, at Heaven in, in Charing Cross a few years before he died, and I saw Sir Williams at Dingwall, and the, the, I think those, actually those three gigs, like, mm. blew everything open, and I went, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, this is, this is, like, poetry is, is music, and uh, there is a, a kind of a world in which they meet mm-hmm. and um and I think from then I started to just be more and more drawn into writing with the music that I was making and experimenting with that and yeah and then it, it sort of grew and I started to perform open mics and discover what that was and uh, yeah that's where I started long answer but uh, it was a bit of a journey Great, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as part of your work, um, you also do Chung Fu, mm. um, which I saw as part of the Totally Thames Festival on a boat. Mm. Um, and I was really amazed at how polished yet fluid it all was. And so, yeah, um, I just wondered if you could tell listeners a bit more about Tung Fu. Mm. So, um, it started um, as a just as an experiment, really, in a room above a pub in uh, Farringdon about 14 years ago, um, almost by accident. Uh, we just thought, let's see what happens if we do a show with no rehearsal. Until that point, I had been a pedant, and I had written all the music and all the words, and I was really, really dictatorial about how it all <laughs> needed to be. And our bass player, Rian, who is still with us today uh, with, with Tung Fu, um, he's the one who kind of suggested it, probably because he was sick of me being so dictatorial and he's a jazzer and wants to have more freedom than that. And he went, like, come on, let's just try, let's try doing it without a rehearsal and see what happens. And it was such a terrifying prospect that I knew that we had to do it. And so we just put a little thing together in a room above the Betsy Trotwood and spent a year or two just experimenting and playing and um and uh it was sort of you know when was this in the mid noughties so people like k tempest and inua Elms and scroobius pip and all those guys and polar bear and selena Godden and we just sort of we were just bashing stuff around and seeing what happened and um and then it grew and we moved to rich mix and uh audiences got bigger and we started to kind of I guess develop a, a way of doing it, uh, develop a, a shape to it, and I started to develop the confidence to kind of host it in a more considered way, and rather than it just be this freeform thing, and 
And I guess we developed a practice without ever naming it as that. We developed a shape to the show and, and you could then it grows in confidence. And so now it's, you know, this uh, it's a show that takes spoken word in its broadest forms of poetry and storytelling and rapping and comedy and, um, and puts it with improvised music. So there's no rehearsal, there's still no rehearsal and I love it for that. And it's just such uh, a feeling of being alive when we when we do it because uh, we're in our nerves you know when you don't know what's going to happen with the music you're constantly listening you're constantly re-examining your work in the moment by hearing it in a new context each time mm, that's really interesting um and one of the things that i was wondering in that sense is um so with the latest release um boat building um i wondered how that came together and um was it in the same way as the live performances without rehearsal element or did you mm. then because it's a recording add mm. more rehearsal into it? Yeah. Um, it's a good question and uh it was a bit of both. So uh Rian, who's the bass player and who produced the album, is has made a lot of records and uh lots of jazz records and we talked at some length before going into it about what was the best process because we wanted to capture the essence of Tung Fu which is this moment of live spontaneous collaboration but equally when you're doing a gig uh, and it's improvised and the audience are with you there's some goodwill mm. and so if there are dips in a piece or it takes a while to find its feet or whatever the audience are kind of just with you in that process and and it happens in the here and now and then it's gone and what everyone comes away with is is the magic of how it all pulled together right mm. but on a record every second of it has got to work mm. because people are going to hopefully listen to it a number of times um so yeah we couldn't do exactly we could have done exactly that and just taken the best takes but i also wanted it to be collaborative work so there was a bunch of writing that we did between the poets before we even got together with the music and then we got in the studio with the words that we'd written and some of the music on the album was pretty much improvised you know in the studio and some of it was taken away and deconstructed and almost rebuilt from scratch based on the initial improvisation but it was structured differently or you know so yeah it was it was quite a process mm. Mm. <laughs> um and in terms of um your work as an artist um does it work in a similar way or what's kind of the process um in terms of where the music comes in and um, yeah, what's the kind of importance of the music to you? Yeah, so I mean, I do quite a lot of different iterations of the of working with music and words. So um, to, it depends on if I'm getting paid to do a job. Say, for example, last year I did a a lovely job with a circus school, and they were doing they needed a soundtrack and sound design for these films that they were making. So I've got a really clear brief. So that's me sitting watching films and then constructing stuff through play and improvising and recording mm. um, and producing music to fit someone else's brief. But if I'm trying to express something uh, purely for my own self-expression, my own practice, whatever, um, 
I think sometimes it just comes out as a poem and sometimes I know instinctively that this wants to be a song and so I'll kind of write with an instrument um, and sometimes it's a poem and I and I, I don't I just want to write in silence and I don't want to think about music it doesn't mean I won't later experiment with putting in music in Tang Fu but um, I, I kind of I don't know they both they just sort of like they just all mix together and sometimes they they find each other and sometimes they want to exist in their own little worlds mm. um, yeah and that's the joy of it that's the fascination of sort of discovering what they want to do you know does that make sense yeah yeah <laughs> definitely and I think because um, for me I guess I've struggled in being able to do that I've had from a young age written lyrics I guess mm. but I've not been able to play an instrument and so I've not been able to kind of work out that process so mm. there is a certain um, obviously it takes um, a lot of dedication to actually learn an instrument but once you've got it you've kind of got that freedom of expression and um, something that I've been talking about is the way that music can kind of fill in the gaps and do things that words can't do mm. and um, particularly been thinking about the kind of emotional connection so is there any way that you do you think poetry differs from music in the way that we're able to express emotions and create those connections mm. yeah I mean I think I was thinking about this recently I, you know they're like really close siblings I think mm. all art forms kind of can get on together in a room <laughs> you know because they're all different ways of expressing the same stuff right mm. um, so I think you can I think you can put I, I might be wrong but I think you could probably mix any any combination of art forms up and they can complement each other if, if they're done in the right if sort of with the right intentions but I think music does something that no other art form does um, in that it is it's a language of emotion mm. and it expresses stuff that uh, that almost any human can connect with and uh, and poetry can be device you know as soon as you introduce words then they're you know they're like little fireworks they can be really divisive mm. um, and they can be misinterpreted or they can inspire or they can divide or they can uh you know whatever there's there's they, they do a different thing um and that's the joy of them but i think yeah music you know this is this is what happens with tongue Fu. is like you take a poem and then you say to the band this is you know this is about so i did just did this thing today we did a gig and i, I did a new poem and it's a it's a poem about i mean it's a, it's a commission to write a poem about this scientific kind of engineering project it's kind of regreening a bit of desert and i said to the the band right okay so we start in this kind of lush eden uh and and then that sort of deteriorates into a, a, a barren sort of wasteland and then we need to come out of the other side with some hope you know mm. and uh and that's a language that musicians just go, yeah, okay, fine, I understand that journey. And 
there's a an endless way of expressing that that is far more subtle and nuanced than anything I could do with words. Um, yeah, I think, but then, but then words just sort of they they coalesce around an idea and just give it gravity and and focus mm. in a way that music on its own can't and music is interpreted we feel it don't we it's kind of like and then we draw on all our experiences and we make our own interpretations of what that music might be expressing to us mm. where the words kind of grab you by the scruff of the neck go come here it's this you know um so when the two combine they that's why i think they complement each other yeah yeah interesting um so are there any other particular artists that work with music and spoken word that you particularly admire and um could you tell us something about those you admire what kind of appeals to you about their work hmm yeah i mean that's forever changing isn't it mm. um I did this radio show on Soho Radio for a few years and uh, and I challenged myself every month to put together a you know, two hour show and my rule was it's got to have some element of spoken word in it and I gave myself a pretty broad brief with that so it could be hip hop, it could be a poem, it could be it could be a spoken interlude, you know, there's so much great soul music with kind of like spoken introductions or you know, Elvis did it even, you know, and there's all these little moments of poetry that pop up in in music. And I'm gonna answer your question but I'm I'm taking a run up. But um uh I think what what I discovered in those in those years of making that show was so much music that I wouldn't have necessarily considered to be poetry it connected me with lyrics in a in a in a different context so like you know there's a band at the moment what's that new band wet leg have you heard that uh oh there's a great song uh chaise long oh, it's just amazing kind of punk pop attitude half spoken half sung and there's so much music with what is a form of poetry happening at the moment mm. which is just amazing uh who are the people that i am insp inspired by well i so ah oh, it's so hard so obviously like in, so i'm just always inspired by our peers so you know you said you've been speaking to disraeli earlier he's just so inventive always so um articulate and soulful and creative and um I love his work. You're talking with Malaika Kagodi, what she's doing with, you know, her theatre show and with her band. Um, it fascinates me. Uh, there's obviously the, you know, there's our contemporaries. K Tempest was always a really fascinating one for me, the way they've kind of trodden that amazing kind of arc between hip hop and poetry and then into mm. theatre and stuff like that. I think Saul Williams has always been a kind of lodestone for me. Mm. Um, whenever he does something new, I get that same fizz of excitement. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> you know, this is, here's a here's a master at work. Um, I think I've been listening to a lot of '90s hip hop again recently, and just 
kind of I, I haven't been there for quite a long time and just going back and discovering rediscovering the joys of all those amazing MCs like you know the roots tropical crest de la soul uh all and then you know and then he, he actually earlier uh this week is listening to public enemy again and just enjoying the kind of fury and political kind of rage of their words and i think i think yeah i get pulled around i get pulled around all over the place i i, I guess i don't do I listen to so not so much kind of like contemporary hip hop or stuff like that? I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess I'll listen to it for a bit, but I think I'm drawn to like I need to be hit by the lyrics. Mm. Uh, style and delivery is great and I can kind of get into it but unless they're really those words are really crafted and they're taking me somewhere and they're working on multiple layers then uh, I don't know I, I sort of maybe I'm just old and I get a bit disinterested quite quickly <laughs> um, yeah there's probably loads more but um, those are the ones that pop up right now great yeah um so what kind of stuff have you been working on at the moment and with that what are the kind of ways that you see yourself working in the future hmm um okay so there's there's two there's two projects that i'm doing at the moment and one is not necessarily a musical project um it's a it's a kind of more of a producing project called hot poets which is sort of commissioning poets to work with scientists and charities and NGOs working with climate change and we're looking at the interface between science and and arts and how spoken word can articulate complicated ideas um, so that's one thing and I'm wondering whether that so we're recording them and filming them and I'm wondering whether there's some scope for adding music to some of these poems but that's a bit nebulous at the moment and then I've been writing more songs in the last couple of years which is really nice, really interesting, like de deliberately kind of just going to an instrument and enjoying that different process. Um, and I think through that, I've been reflecting on my own relationship with music and uh, there's a whole sort of story that I'm interested in exploring about sort of the genetics of music and where you inherit it from or where you absorb, is it, is it, how much of it is, cultural and surrounds us and we absorb it and are influenced by it and then decide which badges we want to wear um, and how much of it is kind of just inherent in us so like I've got two daughters right and they they sing all the time mm. they don't stop singing we all sing together <laughs> it's just stuff we do and, and uh, so it's fascinating watching them take on what we've handed to them and my wife has sung to them since since you know they came out so they they just sing as a way of every day it's just mm -hmm. stuff that happens right and as a result they can they, they be you know it's clear they have a, an understanding of musicality and I teach lots of kids and I work with lots of kids and I'm interested in what other things that make us drawn to that to express ourselves and like I know that my 
I never knew my two, two of my grandparents, my dad's parents. Um, he was fostered and, and, and brought up by a different family, but his dad was an opera singer and his mum was a, a pianist. And um, I, there's a whole bit of work that I want to do around exploring that, exploring these sort of the heredity of it. Um, and I think it will come out in some poems. Well, it is coming out in some poems and, and it is coming out in some songs. So I think it's going to take a while because it's quite a broad thing, but I'm quite excited. It feels like it feels like that might be the next chunk of work mm. that, I'm, that I want to make. But it's it's a, yeah, I'm still sort of circling around the edges of it, just figuring out where to sort of dig the carpet up. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, and it it made me think because yeah, like my um, maternal grandfather played the trumpet. His dad, um, yeah, played the piano, and um, and then also my my nan. Her, um, she was telling me recently that her her dad, um, you know how music was like his life mm. and um, and all this stuff. And yeah, it kind of feels like I've always loved music, but it's been like this missing. There's a sort of missing part, and yeah, it's nice to kind of be on on the journey mm. of giving some time to see what happens with it mm. and um yeah it's that, that's really interesting yeah the kind of well so you you you, like you will have that's in your genes somewhere isn't it mm. you know there there are certain traits and characteristics that inevitably get get handed down and i think the more you have that in your family you know whether that's music or or, or, or painting or, or like being an excellent draft person or, or whatever it is you know and you could argue that lots of that is 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 um you know conditioning it's the nature nurture thing isn't it it's like mm. um so if you've grown up around it of course you're gonna love it well mostly unless whatever. <laughs> but um <laughs> um but uh yeah it, it i i think it's, it's fascinating to consider what is already in you mm. what is already in you when you're sort of born and then and which bits are you kind of pulling out of the air depending on where you are because so, you know in some parts of the world you know music is just everywhere all day mm. and that's a way of you know marking different things in a day or getting together and you know whether it's church or you know family or whatever and then there are parts of our culture that are so devoid of music that I, I kind of look at them and go how is this has this happened like so for me music is just a that's just something that i think we do as humans mm. and so you know on the odd occasion when i've taught a kid and it's like so clear you have got zero music in your life so you're i'm not only teaching them how to play an instrument i'm teaching them the very beginnings of of, of a language to understand the context in which music happens in our bodies you know you know how we feel it mm -hmm. so it's not just a kind of an exercise of the brain to learn a process to be able to go da 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 you know is there's that that's one thing but it also comes as a, a way of expressing ourselves and the more we're exposed to that the more that just feels natural mm, yeah that's really interesting as well i i also um work with children and i um had a a girl recently told me um, she's writing a 
a kind of school application to try and get like a piano scholarship and mm. and um so yeah I read over her letter and um it was just really interesting to see you know the things that she was saying about her passion for playing the piano and the the that emotional connection again that she was saying how you know she could be feeling um you know in a bad mood fit you know and and then playing the piano can help her in that way and that if she doesn't at the same time if she doesn't have that opportunity to play she starts feeling a bit you know mm. angry and irritable and upset mm. and um so yeah it's really yeah amazing and and to to be able to have access to to that um it's really powerful yeah and without wanting to go too woo woo and and into the science of it have you have you dug into the cymatics at all uh, do you know cymatics like the study of sound over matter have you looked at i it? haven't but it's something that i i've spent a long time wanting to know more about um yeah. i did when i was at university i did a one of the modules i did was words and music mm. but i think um yeah i've there's always been part of me since then that feels like i want to know more yeah about music and it's it's an impact on us mm. yeah because we're sound being we you know we're beings of uh, we we respond to vibrations like all animals but because we've developed a kind of uh, you know to a certain extent uh, a super powered brain that is able to kind of think and rationalize everything we might not be so in tune with our sort of ability to sense those things mm. and and uh, you know there's all these scientists that all these experiments that were done Who's this guy Hans Yeni in the sixties? Who I think he coined the phrase cymatics, and uh, he did all these experiments with metal plates, and that he kind of put on different substances onto the top, you know, so it could be like you know sand or whatever, and um, and then uh, play the metal plate, make it vibrate at a certain frequency, mm. and then watch the patterns that the sand created with the with the sound vibrations and they're beautiful mm. you know and some of them are just sort of these beautiful geometric patterns uh playing out over and over again on the shape that are responding to the sound wave and you change the frequency and the pattern changes um and some of them depending on what the materials were they, they become three-dimensional they lift wow. up off the off the plate you know you start seeing physical forms mm. kind of lifting up that's what's happening when we're hearing music mm. all of that is going on inside us so that's what's going on in our blood and our cells and it's like oh my god so so yeah that girl sits down at the piano and 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 does that with for herself mm. she's making her <laughs> he's making her her kind of physical body change by mm. by playing the music that that calms her or does whatever yeah it's pretty wild Mm. Yeah, actually, during um, one of a, a kind of Zoom session, I had um, there was a sound bath element which mm. I hadn't um, experienced before, and yeah, it kind of amazed me how even sort of just through the computer, how kind of calming and relaxing mm. that experience could be. Mm. Mm. Um, so uh, just to wrap up, um, if people want to kind of follow your work and find out what you're up to what's the best way to do that uh thank you for asking um probably the easy i'm rubbish at promoting my own work outside of tung fu so um go to tung fu and uh and 
the, the website tangfree.co.uk or go to you know Facebook page we put quite a lot of stuff on there YouTube there's a YouTube channel loads of amazing clips of different shows and videos that we made loads of different poets performing with the band and that is uh, YouTube slash Tongue Food Tales um, yeah that's it and then go to our band camp and buy the albums because it's amazing <laughs> you can get vinyl actual vinyl and books um, just go to Bandcamp uh, slash Tongue Fu and uh, yeah you'll find the album Boat Building there Thanks. Yes, it is amazing. I loved it. Thank you. And um, yeah, thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, so this is a song um, called Who's Telling Me What? Who's telling me what to do, to see, to say, to know, to breathe, to dream? Who's telling me what to hide, to fight, to fear, to shout, to curse, to scream? Who's telling me what to buy, to wear, to weigh, to feel, to pay, to earn? Who's telling me what to love, to hate, to mock, to cheer, to vote, to learn? I can find a reason to believe in anything I see Every question that I ask shining light back at me Mirror, mirror, clickbait Mirror, mirror, up late Scrolling through the algorithms used to keep a track of me Plot twists, narcissists, arsonists and avatars Sign this, watch that clip Boys and their guitars Echo, echo, clap That echo, echo, black trap Angry bully officers Pulling guns and stopping cars Head fence, screen lit Strolling through the park Standing on the landing while I'm scrolling in the dark Boom, boom Who's telling me what to do, to see, to say, to know, to breathe, to dream? Who's telling me what to hide, to fight, to fear, to shout, to curse, to scream? Who's telling me what to buy, to wear, to weigh, to feel, to pay, to earn? Who's telling me what to love, to hate, to mock, to cheer, to vote, to learn? I can find a reason to believe in anything I fear Binary dividing me and you to make our vision clear Mirror, mirror, arms race, mirror, mirror, sad face Those who shout the loudest are the only ones that I can hear Pipelines, coal mines, anger and apocalypse Fake news, post-truth, power and apostle ships Echo, echo data, echo generator Information swirling like a storm amongst the populace Head bent, screen lit, strolling through the park Standing on the landing while I'm scrolling in the dark Who's telling me what to do, to see, to say, to know, to breathe, to dream? Who's telling me what to hide, to fight, to fear, to shout, to curse, to scream? Who's telling me what to buy, to wear, to weigh, to feel, to pay, to earn? Who's telling me what to love, to hate, to mock, to cheer, to vote, to learn? I'm looking for a reason that will justify the dopamine. Find a little fruit amongst the trees or have a tangerine. Switching off my Wi-Fi, give myself a high five. Knowing what I'm losing when I'm gazing at my little screen Talk more, read more, listen to an album whole Dance more, love more, burrow like a bed mole Echo, echo, yes please, echo, echo, bless these Solitary, momentary, joyful journeys of the soul Head up, starlit, strolling through the park Standing on the landing, just breathing in the dark